Gentlemen, start your engine. Booster, go. Retro, go. Vital, we're go fly. Guidance, guidance, go. Atomic batteries to power. Surgeon, go fly. Econ, we're go fly. GNC, we're go. Delmu, go. Control, go fly. Procedures, go. Inco, go. FAO, we are go. I'm completely operational and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. Network, go. Recovery. Go! Capcom. We're go fly. Time circuit's on. Flux capacitor. Fluxing. Engine running. Launch control. This is Houston. We are go for launch. Very bad feeling about this. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Launch the point! 21 gigawatts! Engage. Have fun storming the castle! A the show you never knew you were missing. Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Welcome, everyone. We are live from the bunker here at Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Jason Hunt here along with Ruth Lickvart, who is the chair of Mid-Americon 2, which is going to be the host convention for the World Science Fiction Convention, Worldcon 74. The 74th, how many, how many different ways can you say it? The 74th <laughs> Annual World Science Fiction Convention, which is the home of the Hugo Awards. And it's going to be here at Kansas City. Correct. Very excited about that. Thanks. Us too. We met, you and I, at OzFest, I think about four years ago now. You guys were mm-hmm. still in the bidding process of trying to get Worldcon here. Right. How, how much of a process is that, getting... Getting Worldcon to come to your particular city. What did you guys have to go through? Well, um, we did a lot of travel, an enormous amount of travel, um, going around to all parts of the country and Canada and overseas um, to various conventions and various uh, things that fans were gathered at to um, basically promote Kansas City as being the site of this Worldcon. And there is, uh, we started in 2010. So it's been six years uh, since we actually started. Uh, I was part of a team called Team LOL with Jeff Orth and Diane Lacey. That was the initials of our last name. Um, We were the ones who started the bid and ran all the way through with it. And uh, the bid ends when you are chosen at site selection at the Worldcon two years previous to yours. So we were chosen to be the... Uh, site of the 2016 Worldcon in 2014 in London. And the people that are voting this year will be voting on the 2018. Correct. Because next year is in Helsinki. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So talking with some people over the weekend, uh, some of them lifelong genre fans, Mm -hmm. you know, photo with Stan Lee, they got all the dimensions, they collect the comic books, they got the maquettes and the figurines and the action figures and the DVDs and all of this. And the question comes up, what's Worldcon? Mm -hmm. And in my own research, once I found out that that Worldcon was coming here to Kansas City, uh, I was surprised at everything that's at the Worldcon, but to have people that are not not just casual fans, but they're steeped in the genre, and they're sitting there saying, what's Worldcon? Mm-hmm. So let's start there. What is Worldcon, Ruth? 
Okay. Well, um, it's one of the two oldest science fiction conventions in existence. A lot of what goes on in science fiction conventions around the world actually started with Worldcon. The first Worldcon was in 1939 in New York City, and it was being held in conjunction with the 1939 World's Fair. Um, It was... A bunch of very young people, mostly young men, in their late teens and 20s who uh, put it on. Most of them became very famous science fiction writers later. And many of the, of, of the traditions started in Worldcon and spread to other conventions. Worldcon has influenced the creation of a lot of other conventions. However, it also has a big disadvantage in that every year um, it's run by a different committee and it travels around. So whereas a Comic-Con, for instance, the Planet Comic-Con in Kansas City, is known to be sometime in the spring in Bartle Hall and people are expecting it to happen, they don't necessarily know that the Worldcon is coming back to their city for the first time in 40 years. Right. And uh, the marketing challenges, even to diehard science fiction fans, are immense. Now, how how do you go about marketing something like Worldcon? We had talked a little bit about you know, you know passing up flyers and you know sending out emails and you get newsletters. Mm-hmm. How do you market something like this? We have done a lot of social media. Um, which has actually been a big advantage because pre the 1976 Worldcon in Kansas City, Mid-American, um, did not have that advantage. And they actually had to take out um, expensive advertisements. Um, but they they had a lot of printed material that they passed out to uh, comic book stores, et cetera, et cetera. But it is a real challenge because one of the problems with social media is people still have to know to look for it, or right. you have to know to target it toward them. As a world kind, I know. I know the Hugos are on UStream. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a live stream of the Hugo Awards. of the Hugo Award ceremony. Correct. And our plan this year mm-hmm. is to be on the floor. Hopefully, if all the technology cooperates, uh-huh. hopefully on the floor live streaming uh, from the event throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Does Worldcon have uh, a YouTube channel? Does it have any kind of video presence online? Something where there's there's a repository of, you know, archive material, whether it's you know photos from past events, uh, video from past events, panels, interviews, any, any of that stuff that's available. That is starting. That's starting to be built, but it's pretty slow. One of the very interesting things about. Um, the 1976 Worldcon is it was the first one to be filmed in its entirety, and a large project started about a year and a half ago to convert that to digital media, um, which is now wrapping up. Most Worldcons are not filmed, though. The fact that you're going to be on the floor and streaming uh, is unusual. That doesn't usually happen at a Worldcon. We're excited about Worldcon. Yeah, we're, we are too. I think it's going to be great. It's going to present its own set of challenges, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it'll it'll yeah, it should be it should be a rather interesting week. It should, to say the least. Now, um, and and it's a lot of days too, because unlike most science fiction conventions, a Worldcon goes for five days, so you're going right. to be totally wrapped up for five days. Well, now uh, you talk about uh, the programming. Um, when I was looking at Sasquan's program last year uh, that was up in Spokane. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much goes on at, at one of these things. 
And looking at the World Science Fiction Society's website, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we were talking over on Sci-Fi XY. Uh, Sonia and I were looking at it, and it was like, what, you know, what's the mission of the group? What's the mission of the organization? And it really, you know, from from what the website says, you know, the World Science Fiction Society exists to decide the Hugo Awards, mm-hmm. and decide where the next convention is going to mm-hmm. be. And it was like, okay, so they're they're a planning committee. Well, the, those are those are basically the the two big things that are in the constitution, right. correct? Um, but I mean, and and that those are the two things that the World Science Fiction Society does because this is the annual meeting. This is the only meeting, and it runs uh, throughout most of the days of the Worldcon um, for the World Science Fiction Society. Um, I know every now and again there's the North America. Convention, correct. That is is done, and it's sporadic. The, it's not a regular thing. The the NASFIC, right? That is that is uh, sort of a, I guess, could be best described as a Worldcon substitute that is held when the uh, nor when the Worldcon is held outside of the North American continent. Okay. So, for instance, there will be a NASFIC next year because the Worldcon is going to be in. In Helsinki, has there been any discussion about doing satellite events, like maybe uh, you know Worldcon sponsors a Saturday in Washington D.C., a Saturday in New Orleans, a Saturday in Madrid, a Saturday in you know just to basically take what the Worldcon is five mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Take pieces of that and spread it around. Spread it and, and and say, okay, six months from now we'll be in Moscow, and mm-hmm. three months from now we'll be in London, and 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 have you know almost like like Wizard World does, where you have Wizard World St. Louis, Wizard World New Orleans, and all uh-huh. those things. I mean, those are massive events. Mm-hmm. But if you have uh, a particular uh, piece of programming that can add to and supplement what goes on at the national at the world convention mm-hmm. would you do you think that would help with the challenge of marketing worldcon of, of getting people aware of the existence of worldcon because people have heard about the hugo awards right but they don't know exactly what goes on at the convention right and there's so much that goes on at the convention. So, like, what's going to go on at this? Convention? <laughs> we are going to have a ton of programming. Um, we are going to have uh, parties. Uh, we are, are, which are not sponsored by us, but sponsored by other entities. We are providing the space for them. Uh, we're going to have a very large dealer's room, an art show, an art auction, a benefit auction um, for about SF and also uh, Pulse Orlando. Um, we are going to have, um, well, there, there's not just the Hugo Awards giving out, being given out there. The Chesley Awards are also given out, which is an artist award. Uh, the, uh, John Campbell Award for the best novel and the Theodore Sturgeon Award for best short story are also going to be given out because the, uh, Campbell Conference, which normally is in June at the University of Kansas, is actually running the academic program for the Worldcon this year. And so they've also moved the awards reception there. So, so that was basically a consolidation of the two events just mm-hmm. because it, it worked out 
to be more convenient. Correct. All of uh-huh. authors are going to be traveling twice. Right. If the well, the, the authors right. and workshop shop participants, and yeah, and that's another thing we're going to have is we're going to have uh, writers workshops. Um, we're going to have a masquerade, which is huge, um, and uh, accompanying uh, craft area and costume repair station, of course. Now, let me ask you this. You say a lot of the traditions that Worldcon has are, are were the beginnings of traditions, the things that we see in other places. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be any cosplay programming at the event this year? There is going to be some. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't seen the entire program yet because the program book is literally being put to bed this weekend to be printed. Um, so I haven't seen the entire program. But there is going to be cosplay. There's going to be workshops for cosplay and costuming. Um, and of course, um, the masquerade is, is, is one of the big shows. It's normally the second highest attendance next to the Hugo Award ceremony. And that's Friday night. That's Friday. The mask is Friday night. And uh-huh. Hugo Awards are Saturday night. Correct. And then you have Star Wars Day. On Friday. On Friday. Uh-huh. All day Friday. What's that going to involve? Because, because you, Mid-American, for those who don't, who, who don't know, Mid-American, the first one, mm-hmm. and, and, by extension, Mid-American 2, has uh, a, an interesting, unique connection to this little indie film that a guy named George what made back in 1976. Where, mm-hmm. uh, uh, we have a, a, a unique opportunity now. Uh, you know, pe- people have talked about the restoration of the shooting model of the USS Enterprise now going back on display in the Smithsonian. Mm-hmm. And it almost feels like this is the same kind of thing that we're going to have at Worldcon. So tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Okay. Well, uh, the 1976 uh, Worldcon, Mid-American, um, Charles Lippincott, who is the main publicist for um, the little film Star Wars, brought a couple of his friends. One was the producer, Gary Kurtz, and the other was uh, the actor, Mark, Mark Hamill, to the Worldcon to help promote it. Uh, because it wasn't being released for another nine months. He brought some props. He brought some costumes. Uh, he brought a slideshow. Um, and there is video of that, um, not of the display itself, uh, but there is video of the slideshow and the panels that they had. And uh, Charles Lippincott is coming back. He's bringing Gary Kurtz. He's bringing some other friends of his and uh, people who were involved in the in the first Star Wars, and he is going to be recre- recreating most of the display and the slideshow. He's also going to be having a very interesting panel on the marketing of Star Wars, and Gary Kurtz is also having a solo panel on uh, the behind-the-scenes look at Star Wars. That is going to be so fun. It's going to be awesome. That is going to be Char- so Charles Lippincott has just been fabulous to work with. I hear he's he's a character. He's somebody to, to really you want to spend time with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to meeting him in person. Now, uh, these other friends of his that he's bringing, mm-hmm. um, Episode 8 has wrapped shooting. Mm-hmm. So... Could we confirm or deny that Mark Hamill might? We cannot confirm anything. Okay. Um, However, we can confirm some news that was just uh, released yesterday, and that's that we're going to have a couple of astronauts. Oh. Yeah. Who? Who? Uh, We're going to have Stan Love and Jeanette Epps. Okay. Um, They are. uh, They are definitely coming. They're going to have their own panels. They're going to be here on the weekend, and we're also going to have some NASA displays. Another big part of Worldcon is a lot of displays of very neat stuff, and and NASA is uh, sending us some displays. Oh, that'll be neat. Yeah. 
That'll be, that'll be, well, maybe they'll send us the Enterprise. <laughs> they're, actually, they're sending us a scale model of one of the space shuttles. <laughs> oh, okay. That'll be cool. So um, let, let's talk then a little bit about the Hugo Awards. Mm-hmm. Because the last few years, there have been some controversy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to be that the... The uglier parts might not be as prominent this year, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. But it does still seem to be um, such that there's there's the line, there's the there's the division between the two groups. You know, never the twain shall meet with with. And, it, and to me, it seems like it's part of the overall culture war that we're having in the United States. You've got left and right, progressive and and. And conservative and, and Democrat, Republican, red, blue, yeah, no matter what you're looking at, environmental or you know, the, the economy or health care or, or you know, size of the government or anything like that. And seeing, seeing some of the, the back and forth the last couple of years, it seems to be that the, the division and the factions of Hugo's tends to fall along those lines as well. And what I'm wondering if, is is if you anticipate uh, it, it, that kind of antipathy? Uh, can, can, I, can I use that word with, with, uh, with any degree of, of generosity on my part? I, I mean, because last year it got ugly. Um, I had a friend of mine watched, started to watch the Hugo's live stream last year mm-hmm. and got about halfway through it. I, was like, I just can't watch it anymore because they're just being mean at this point because mm-hmm. all of the no awards and all of the, all of the cheering for the no awards. She's like, what about all those people that got nominated? They, mm-hmm. These people are getting the short end of the stick because they just happen to be nominated. And now you've got this group that's voting in lockstep to shut everybody out because they want to make a political statement about the Hugos and not, you know, and not, not some sort of a decision based on the quality of the work. It wasn't about the, it wasn't about the stories. Mm-hmm. It was about the people writing them and the people voting and, the, and, and you know, true fans. And, and I know this kind of controversy has gone on the Hugos since all the way back at the beginning. But... It really last year really felt like we got down in the mud. Mm-hmm. Do you see that happening this year? No. Why not? Frankly, um, I think people are well. A couple of things. I, I think that the whole situation last year took a lot of people by surprise, um, and there was a reaction to that. Um, there may have been an overreaction. Um, but I think this year people are just um, going, well, we we are going to be a little more mature this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, of course, the, the Hugo voting is still going on, and so we have no clue what the results of the voting are going to be. Yeah. Um, one of the really striking things about last year is that no award is an option. Um, on, on the ballot and, and has 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 been an option for a very long time, correct. And in the entire history of the Hugo Awards, which actually started in 1953, there had only been five no awards given previously. And last year, there were five no awards given, so that doubled the number. Um, like there were more than that. No, it, it, was, it, it was it was five, five? correct. Um, 
but um it you know it's very hard to anticipate what's going to happen in the voting it's still going on but i don't i have not seen the reactions that people gave last year whether for good or for ill um for uh mature or less mature um there was a lot of less mature th- yeah th- there was a lot of name calling there was a lot of um less than friendly debate especially well online right um there there was a lot of not very good behavior in general and i have just not seen that this year so i'm i'm thinking that um people are just acting like it's a normal year and <laughs> the, these are the Hugo Awards and we will just we will just give the awards to the most worthy nominees. Now, last year, Kevin J. Anderson got a, got a nomination for the very first time in his career mm-hmm. uh, and people were sitting there saying, it's about time. Mm-hmm. He does, uh, he does, uh, Alan Dean Foster also going to be at the Hugo's. Alan Dean Foster is actually coming in as a guest of, of Charles Lippincott because of his uh, Star Wars connection. The fact that they've both written tie-in fiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know there's a number of other authors that are there that are going to be in attendance that have done this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Why is there not a tie-in fiction category for the Hugos yet? Because because I've seen on you know the online back and forth people saying there should be, mm-hmm. especially given the fact that so many things that we're seeing in 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 film and TV are based on a published work. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the Hunger Games, you've got Harry Potter, you've got mm-hmm. um, you know, Star Trek jumping from TV to film. You've mm-hmm. got you know all the Marvel stuff and all the DC stuff, right, and comic right. books. So it seems to me that that the literary world is uh, is is a pretty good uh, source material that a lot of people are mining for other media. Mm-hmm. And yeah, well, that's always fiction. been the case from the, from the very earliest days of the movies. So <laughs> why not have a tie-in fiction category? For the Hugo, um, there hasn't been a groundswell of support from the membership. I can't answer why, one way or the other. Um, the the latest groundswell of support, I'd say, or or the the latest attempt to get a new category added to the Hugo Awards has been for young adult fiction (YA), and uh, so far that's been unsuccessful. Um, you know, they're plugging away at it, and so that may come back up. Um, well, there was there was the a process, graphic. The there was of changing this mm-hmm. is rather right because the, the well the Hugo um, awards the categories in the Hugo awards are actually part of the constitution of the World Science Fiction Society, and because it's an annual meeting, it takes a couple of years to to change or add anything to the constitution. There's a process. Um, you know, if we met every other month, <laughs> then it would be much faster, but. Um, there hasn't, I haven't anyway, seen, um, popular support among the membership yet. You can never say it's not going to happen for tie-in fiction. So that's, that's the only reason that I can give that it doesn't exist. There have been a lot of categories added over the years, um, because when the Hugo Awards started, it was only for printed works originally. Um, and of course, now there's television and, and movies and uh, graphic novels and uh, all all sorts of things. So, not best 
best related work, which usually means a nonfiction work related somehow to science fiction. Or a website that covers science fiction. Maybe. There, are, there's best. Po- there are actually there's there's best fanzines. There's podcasts. There's all sorts of things like that. Yeah. Not that we're angling for anything. Oh no no no. Live no. stream <laughs> coverage of the, of the Hugos. Um, okay, so let me ask you then: what what other things can we expect in terms of programming? Uh, at this year's Worldcon, what, um, what kind of panels would? If I'm going to Worldcon, I'm going to see what. Mm, well, the the printed program has not uh, come out yet, and uh, Grenadine is our app that we're using for uh, program also, um, and that is still in process. So I can't tell you exactly what programming is going to be. Um, the The program is literally being put together this weekend. Um, so we'll have a much better idea next week of exactly what's going to happen. Um, but there's going to be tons of panels. Um, they're on all sorts of subjects, just about anything you can think of. There's a panel on. Um, there's um, There are going to be um, docent tours. There are going to be... Um, Walk with the Stars. There's going to be a couple of ex- excursions. Walk with the Stars is is uh, when you uh, get some authors or some some other well-known personalities and have an early morning tour of the surrounding area. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. And that was a tradition that was actually fairly recently started, but it's it's become a tradition now. Now, do you know if George R. R. Martin is planning on doing his award ceremony uh, after the Hugos? What are they? The Alfies, I think, is what he called. Uh, he he is. Yes. Planning on doing that, correct. And Helsinki is holding the, because they are next year's Worldcon, it's become tradition for the next year's Worldcon to hold the official uh, post-Hugo party. So they are also holding that. And who who are uh, who are the contenders? What cities are the contenders for 2018? For 2018 is um, San Jose and New Orleans. Okay. Who are you angling for? Who, who do you? I'm not. I'm neutral. Oh, as, wow. as on Hugo voting, I am neutral. Uh, <laughs> now Hugo voting, yeah, there are there are two levels of memberships for the for the society. Correct. Right? There's attending and supporting, and either membership will uh, get you voting privileges to for the Hugo Awards. And, uh, and an attending membership is how much? Um, an attending membership is currently two hundred and ten dollars. Um, that is closing on August fifth, and then it's going to go up to two hundred and forty. Um, at the door, uh, we also have day pat. We'll have day passes, and we'll have three day memberships also, okay. for just Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, a supporting membership is fifty dollars, and it's fifty dollars no matter what. Correct. When. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the but 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 the end of online memberships, which actually includes supporting memberships, is August fifth. Okay. All right, so up until August 5th, and the event itself is August 17th through the 21st. Correct. Uh-huh. Bartle Hall in Kansas City. Uh, we are looking forward to whatever we end up being able to do out there. Um, and, and I'm sure we're going we're gonna to be talking to you again uh, between then and now, but also out at the event if we can get you to sit still for five minutes. And just, no, just <laughs> I look forward to it, yeah. All right, Ruth Lickfart. Uh, the, uh, the website, midamericon2.org. We will uh, put a link to that, and you're also on Facebook. You're on Twitter. Correct. And that's is that the primary uh, means of communication that you're sending out information through the social right. media? Then, through right, through social media. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah, we, we made the rounds of, the, of a lot of conventions, um, but now that we're so close to the convention... Most of our communication 
uh, telling people what's going on is through the social media. Okay, so uh, we do have an Instagram account. We also have Facebook, Insta- uh, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, I'm, I'm used to saying them in a particular order now. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Tumblr, uh, Google+, Twitch. Uh, if you have uh, your thoughts on the Hugo Awards or if you have uh, questions about Worldcon or you have uh, thoughts about... Uh, any particular authors that you would like to see win awards, or if you're planning to attend Worldcon, let us know and drop by, and you can see us and say hi. Uh, you can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi4me.com, or you can leave a comment on all of our social media. And uh, that's going to do it for us this time out. Reflect forward. Thanks very much. Thank for, you, Jason. Uh, it was a pleasure. And uh, thank you, everyone out there, for listening and sharing. If you do listen to us on iTunes, remember to rate and share because iTunes doesn't give us numbers. We have no idea how many people are listening over there. Uh, as always, you can get the latest headlines at sci com. For all of us here at Sci-Fi For Me, I'm Jason Hunt. Thanks very much for listening. We will be back in the bunker very soon here on Sci-Fi For Me Radio. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.